Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Friday Night Ohio podcast. I'm Cliff Hickman from the Cant Repository, and I'm joined once again on this Tuesday by Mike Popovich from the Repository. Mike, how are you doing? Doing well, Cliff. We're preparing for week three of the high school football season, and we got some big news about a a canceled game, Mike, a situation you're following. East Canton and Southern Local has been taken off the schedule. What happened? Yeah, uh, Doug Miller, the athletic director at uh, East Canton, announced that uh, earlier today. Uh, Said it was some uh, COVID issues on uh, East Canton's part, Uh, so that game won't be played. It's the second straight week uh, a game involving a star county team uh, was canceled because of covid lake had their game at maple heights canceled last week because of a covid concern on their end and uh east can is is confident that uh you know this this pause won't last long um uh, Doug Miller had said that they intend to play uh, their game at Tusky Valley next week uh, because the uh, quarantine time uh, will be over uh, for those uh, for those involved. And it's kind of a shame for East Canton because I know we talked about it Friday night after such a tough loss against Delton where they were beating 41 nothing. They had a really nice win uh, last week against uh, United Local. Chase Vaco scores a late touchdown. They're really able to keep uh, United Local out of the end zone uh as they try to go in and tie and possibly win the game so uh yeah uh, tough news for east can but hopefully they'll be back next week and then keeping with the medical concerns we have lake and akron east that game is still on lake of course had its week two game wiped out mike what have we learned about that yeah uh lake will play akron east on friday uh the one concern for lake is uh in reading uh the stories that josh weir has wrote for us that uh, uh lake doesn't have its full roster back they have uh 70 some players on the roster and uh i believe uh uh, in one of their first practices back there was only like 40 guys so that's um you don't know who they are um but uh that's you know that's you know, it's still a little bit, a little bit under half of your team is uh, still out. We don't know how many of them will be uh, coming back in uh, for Friday's game, and uh, you know that's kind of you know maybe a concern. You know, if you if you look at East Canton's end, yeah, they you know they hopefully intend to play next week, uh, but they don't have seventy guys on their roster, and if they have. Um, a few guys uh you know still having to sit out you know that's a that's a problem when you're when your roster is you know kind of like only in the 30s so uh 
you know, you know, Lake might be shorthanded against Akron East, who will be playing their third straight Federal League team after uh, playing Jackson and uh, and uh, Perry. Uh, this will be their last uh, Star County team that they'll be playing during the regular season. Uh, you've almost become the Akron East uh, beat reporter at this point, Mike. Yeah, I've seen them more than I've seen uh, one particular team down here. And uh, you know, it's a fun team to watch. Now, one thing last week, uh, one of their really good receivers caught a, a long touchdown pass uh, by the name of Eric Holly. He went out with an injury. Uh, really, really fast guy, really talented guy. And, uh, um, you know, we'll have to see if uh, what his status is uh, for this week. So, uh, yeah, um, yeah, I've become the uh, – uh, City Series guru as far as uh, Akron East is concerned this season. And like you said, uh, it's kind of hard to tell going back to the COVID concerns just who is going to be available because of the just the tricky nature of it. It's got that two-week incubation time, so it's... Ye- it's hard to it's hard to plan ahead for stuff like this. Yeah, I believe uh, Triway, um, you know, started the season having to miss their first two games, uh, you know, for whatever reason why they had to miss their two games compared to one game for Lake and one game for uh, uh, for East Canton. But uh, you know, just a reminder that uh, you know we're we're still dealing with a nagging issue that's been a you know a pest for you know a year and a half right now and you know we can't you know just you know declare victory yet you know the players still have to be uh careful and conscientious of things going on and you know hopefully you know they stay safe yeah the the lack of uh the medical vaccine at some of those age groups certainly doesn't help the situation whereas as adults we're kind of it's not something i think about nearly as much before i was vaccinated whereas now i just kind of you know go about my day but like you said still something everyone's dealing with and then let's not even get into all the variants that are floating around and the effect that has even on vaccinated people you can look that up in a science article or something because i i don't have the time to explain all of but even from the stuff I've read, I'm kind of confused. Well, I don't either. And unlike a lot of people, I'll, I'm not as smart as some people who, you know, who come up with, uh, you know, those guidances and guidelines or whatever. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm just a I'm just a sports writer. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not a doctor. So, you know, we'll just uh, you know, just do the best we can. That with. might be the quote that goes on the tagline today. We're sports writers, <laughs> not doctors. <laughs> and we're going to stay in the Federal League, Mike. We have the Hoover Vikings with a game this week. That was initially not the case. What have you got for us? Well, Hoover was supposed to play uh, Collinwood uh, this week. That game was uh, canceled last week because of uh, COVID issues involving Collinwood. And Hoover was able to find a game against Mansfield, who was supposed to play Lima Senior this week, and uh, that game got canceled. And uh, you know, Mansfield, uh, a couple of years ago, uh, had one of the uh, top programs in the state. Uh, they made the uh, Division Three state championship game, lost to Troutwood-Madison uh, 
by the score of 14-7. to seven. Uh, They fell back a little bit last season. Uh, they only went 3-6, and six, but they're off to a good start this season. Uh, they beat uh, Norwalk 18-12 in their opener, and uh, they beat Marion Harding 37-6 to six last week. So uh, this looks like it could be a really good test uh, for uh, Hoover before they start Federal League play. And another big game that's going to draw a lot of eyes this week, Canton South at Northwest, the NBC, the old Northeastern Buckeye Conference, comes back to life once again for one night only. But this is a great game on paper. Canton South has scored a lot of points thus far. This will be by far, I think, their stiffest test to date. Poochie Snyder has been lighting up the scoreboard at quarterback for Canton South. Gavin Moses is a great receiver. Tam Church has been effective in the running game. Now on the other side with Northwest, I got a good look at them last week. Braden Mick is everything you'd expect. He's just a sensational athlete. He's a guy you can't take your eyes off of you have to be able to get effective pressure on him because if you let him sit back there he will just tuck it down and run you know even if you've covered everybody he's going to be 10 15 yards downfield by time you adjust he's just kind of a kind of a nightmare to follow and then some of the running backs for northwest are really good that's by far the most effective part of their game they've got two really good between the tackles runners that can grind out five six yards a carry and that can really wear on a defense so i am really interested to see how canton south does in this game because i think northwest is a good team and and they showed it last week my and also in the Eastern Buckeye Conference this week, we've got Alliance and Bedford. These are two teams looking for their first win. Um, Alliance is uh, looking to get the running game going a little bit. Caden Davis, the great running back for the Aviators, has been effective in the passing game the last two weeks. I think he's caught four touchdowns. Um it's the running game. He's got about 80 yards rushing in both that uh, Coach Goodman told me he's hoping to get going this week. He says there's 14 underclassmen playing for Alliance right now. A lot of those are along the lines. So that's an area that they are hoping to shore up. Bedford, this was a good game last year. They have a really fast, really athletic team. And this is going to be another team that's going to run the ball primarily. They had about 30 yards passing last week with a couple interceptions and ran for a couple hundred. So it's just going to be can Alliance hold up at the point of the point of attack. If they can, they have an excellent chance of uh, coming out with a win in this one. But it's up in Cleveland. Long trip. You never know how that's going to affect a team. And uh, the other thing, Alliance was really happy with the progression of Brandon Zerbrug at quarterback, six foot three. Uh, has you know his father played for Bo Schembechler at Michigan, Chris Zerbrug, and. I know they were pleased with how he's avoided mistakes. If you noticed in the box score last week, he didn't have any interceptions, no turnovers. So that's something they're really happy with, and they're hoping to see that continue. Also in the EBC, Marlington at Ridgewood, Mike. This is this is kind of an interesting game. Marlington coming off a tough setback last week to Northwest. They really did play well enough to win. I think the lack of a rushing game really is what's hurt them. I think Coach Gulling said that is a priority this week. They ran for 21 yards as a team last week. Also had a lot of trouble against Coventry getting that going. He said pretty, pretty much the impression I got, everything is on the table. He said it may be 
scheme changes. It may be personnel changes, but there are changes coming. He wants to get that going. And then you're talking about Ridgewood. You're going to Ridgewood, a team that has won 43 consecutive regular season games. That's quite a streak. You know, I was talking with you before we started about, because, you know, in following the IBC over the past few years, you know, you see Ridgewood and learn a little bit about them. And we were talking a little bit about if Gabe Tingle was still down there, the quarterback. Oh, and, he's still there. And they put up about 100 points in two games this season. Yeah, they, they're really tough. I got to see them play, you know, Sandy Valley. And, you know, not very many teams have, have beat Sandy Valley in the regular season, you know, lately. And, uh, yeah, that, 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 you know, we're talking about good tests. That's, that's going to be a good test for Marlington, you know, before they start their, their yeah. league action. It, I think it will. The defense, the front seven specifically, and the secondary held up really well against Northwest's athletes uh, last week. They did force a couple of interceptions. A lot of the receivers, like Rome Sims, play both ways, and he did have an interception on defense. So, And the passing game has been fine. Connor Evanich made some really nice throws. He's got great touch and is able to fit it into some places the defenders aren't expecting. You would see you know, little cracks he tried to fit it. I think it even surprised some of the Northwest defenders that he was trying to make the play in those tight windows, and he almost did. I mean, it got to the receiver a couple times. He had to put a lot of heat on it, and sometimes that led to some issues with guys being able to haul it in when it's thrown that fast. But, uh, yeah, I think Marlington is pretty much just establishing the running game away from being a, a pretty good team. And like you said, the Ridgewood is on a heck of a streak, and it's at Ridgewood, so a tall task. And then we've got Worcester and Louisville. I talked to Coach Davis today, uh, this morning. Louisville uh, still feeling the sting a little bit of the loss at Poland. He said they had two drives inside the 10-yard line ending zero points last week. They lost that one by just, I think, six points. So... It was tough. He said they got down to the one-yard line at one point, fourth and one, and got stopped on one of them, and then they fumbled away another one around the five-yard line. So correcting that was kind of the focus this week. He said that just one play better, just one play better, one mistake less, and he thinks that's going to be the difference between a win and a loss. But Poland's a really good team. They held up well against them. Uh, they started to be able to run the ball really well last week. Riston Jobes did get over 100 yards, only a second week playing running back. And Zach Siemens, a really good player at wide receiver and defensive back for Louisville. He's, uh, he's, he's fun to watch. He has ways of getting open, and he's not afraid, to, not afraid of some contact with receivers and, and knocking passes away. And you kind of got to watch throwing towards him because he has really good hands. So I think this is going to be a really, really good game. It's at Louisville, so this, this might be exactly what they need to, uh, to get on track. And, Mike, we're going to take a look at the IVC. What are we seeing from Malvern at Waterloo? Yeah, Malvern uh, is going to be going for, I believe, it'll be their ninth straight regular season win uh, against a Waterloo team who really started slow last year and was able to uh, – 
you know, put things together. Uh, they split their first two uh, games uh, this year, uh, beat a team that Malvern is familiar with. Last week, they Waterloo beat uh, Strasburg. And, uh, you know, Malvern's really played well uh, to start the season. Uh, I believe they've uh, rolled up 95 points in uh, two games. Uh, uh, you know, a great balanced attack by their running game that's kind of, you know, shored up the bulk of the offense, you know, with, uh, you know, guys like K.J. Thomas back there. And they their, their touchdowns, I mean, I believe, um, you know, they have scored uh, 14 touchdowns this season, and maybe six of them have been beyond 20 yards. They've had a lot of big plays this year. So, you know, they've been, they've been unstoppable, uh, uh, Malvern has, and... Uh, you know they you don't want to look ahead to to you know next week uh, you know when IVC play starts because they have Sandy Valley next week and uh you know that's that's kind of a neat uh you know IVC opener although the two teams are in are in separate divisions in the league uh Sandy Valley plays uh Chippewa this week um Chippewa's got a, a a a really good a quarterback who runs the ball well. He rushed for over a thousand yards uh, last season. That's going to be a challenge uh, for uh, Sandy Valley's defense, which which gave up a lot of yards last week against Minerva. But you know, fortunately for the Cardinals' sake, you know they were able to force some turnovers and stop some Minerva drives and. Uh, um, be able to be be able to control the game that way um you know for sandy valley's offense you just watch the continued growth of uh uh nick petro at quarterback um you know they still run the ball more you know they still ran the ball more uh than threw it last week against uh minerva but nick petro has been you know real efficient at uh quarterback and when you have a an athlete as good as mason tucci on your team you know who's as fast as he is and you know who can get in the open field uh that can really make you feel good about your progress and uh, uh, Ben Petro continues to run the ball well uh, two straight 100 yard games so uh, you know Sandy Valley and Malvern you know they've you know their final test before league play begins and uh, you know that'll be a that'll be a fun game next week oh yeah that's one that uh, I'm sure we're going to be talking about at this time next week when we're doing the week four show which is it's super strange even talking to the coaches to say we've got three football games in before labor day i know i've i've been here 18 years i don't think i've seen this ever before well marlington's going to have three football games in before they go back to school because they're the only school district around here that starts uh after labor day which i don't know about what it was like here i mean you're younger than me but when I was in school, that was the that was the end of summer date right there. It was Labor Day. And, yeah, uh, usually at Alliance, it was a week before. So you went in for five days and then had a long weekend. But yeah, summer is is it's officially almost over, which kind of makes me sad inside. Yeah, yeah. Well, me too because it's 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 my favorite time of the year, even though it's been so hot lately. <laughs> Yeah, the, uh, the the sight of winter clothing just uh, oh, I'm not ready for it. 
especially as I get older, it just seems to find all those things that ache. And it's like, you know, let me just work the cold in there and, and make sure you, you're in a, a good amount of pain while you're trying to work. Welcome to getting older. Yeah, exactly. I'm not looking forward to furthering this process beyond 38. I hope that doesn't mean I'm going to die soon either. So I don't know how that's going to work out, but whatever. All right, that's going to do it for the Friday Night Ohio podcast for this week. Mike, a pleasure as always. Thanks a lot, Cliff, and we'll talk to you soon. Yep, we'll catch you Friday for the wrap-up show, which we hope will be coming to you earlier than 2 a.m. as it has the past two weeks. So we will see you then.